healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glass of the Podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and we are in the absolute end game here. This is a special episode. It's a long episode. I had my friends. Paul Vodra, my good friend Paul Vodra runs Hometown Sounds. Uh, Lindsay Hogan, music journalist in this town, who's worked for just about like everybody, especially DIY stuff. You, you'll you'll get to know him. You probably know him already, but um, you know we uh, we've talked a lot about DC music here. This is a town that I moved to about ten or eleven years ago. Uh, fell in love with it uh, because I fell in love with a lady, and. Um, and it has treated me well. And in that time, I have seen this remarkable uh, creative scene, this remarkable uh, fight in these people here as they, uh, in the face of brutalist architecture and, uh, and punishing policy decisions, uh, fight to create art because we need art to keep us afloat. You can't have one without the other. And you have to have have to have a light and um and it's been great but now it's over now we are um this is the last time we'll be talking about dc music from dc hopefully we'll be reporting on it hopefully like we're at the breaking point but you're gonna hear us talk about that and uh and so uh you know a little bittersweet but we uh we got together we had some beers and talked about not not necessarily the best music in dc it's too dc is too very too stylistically uh sort of spastic for that to actually be a thing, I think. Uh, but this is this is music that moved us. Just three people. Uh, there's lots of us like that, um, and you're out there. If something uh, we played moved you, cool, cool. We probably know each other. Uh, if not, uh, reach out and say, hey, did you hear this? Um, because the point is we all love this town uh, with all of our hearts and, um, and what we're going to play for you and talk about right now is... One of the big reasons why myself, Paul, and Lindsay did. So, um, so let's head on down to the basement. Get this out of the way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch up on the back end with you guys. Hope you enjoy this. And um, here we go. That's why we should talk shit about. <laughs> Wee! Um, no, there's not a lot to talk shit about uh, because there was a good bit, Samuel, uh, a good bit. Actually, you guys agree, disagree. A good bit of uh, good music this year. Overall. Mm. Let's start Overall, Let's start there. yes. A good bit of good music. DC specific, we're saying DMV. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah, uh, good bit of good music and um, good bit of recognition. Good bit of National recognition. recognition. Mm. What about great music? Hmm. Mm. I don't. Yeah. yeah I there's mean, a pause. Yeah. You yeah. mean like? You mean like? Was there I mean, I mean, a mind Gold blown. Link record? No, but right, right. There but was, there was that's some fun okay. Stuff. There's a lot of really solid stuff. Like yeah. I, yeah, I felt like I 
I feel like I kind of stepped back this year. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't feel like I was as obsessive all year as I could have been, <laughs> uh, as I normally am. But um, but then I made the list at the end of the year, and I'm like, oh yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. You, sent, you sent me like 18 tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. We only got time for two. I, uh, I stopped. But uh, but yeah yeah I I think it was um I I think this was much like the the larger year in music outside of DC mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason there was a lot of really good releases the great releases uh, I don't think were universal mm-hmm. you know like my album of the year was Olivia Newton John Xanadu so like <laughs> make of that what you will like it's an album from 1980 uh huh okay um and you know but uh, oh yeah Swans Be Kind was my album of the year right see? I finally got into Swans guys yeah yeah so proud of myself right and you listened to the fuck out of it right I did yeah I am did it scare you no it's exactly where I just I've tried before but I just wasn't in the place right you really got to be in the place um yeah. but here I think and I didn't go back and listen to the episode from the beginning of the year mm. dc has always been i've been here for 10 years now um almost 11 years it's always been a weird place where you have um if you're coming in um and i'll, I'll preface to say if you're coming in as a white person mm-hmm. you know that fugazi is from here yep and that is that is what you see and then there is often people don't dig too far beyond that mm-hmm. uh, that's why there has historically been a vibrant like hardcore scene here uh, you know Chuck Brown if you dig a little further. Yep. Uh, you get into uh, s- certain sorts of hip hop, the more popular hip hop like Wale and stuff. Yep. Uh, not necessarily the the uh, social conscious, <laughs> socially conscious hip hop. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, it's just as expected because it's the nation's capital. It, it's just been this melting pot of music, but you have to dig to find it in houses. You have to dig to find it in art spaces. You know, venues don't support it, mm-hmm. and it's been really mm-hmm. weird because of that. And that was has always been my main complaint here. And at the beginning of the year, I said, you know, so people are going to start to figure this out and kind of abandon DC. Mm-hmm. And I think some people, of the music, artists, yeah, are, yeah. And I, and I, and I think some of the artists we're going to talk about did that um, either sonically or mm-hmm. or just like <laughs> geographically. Do we <laughs> but, do we know that it's different elsewhere? Like major venues plucking it's homegrown so, talent no we'll talk about that yeah no i mean yeah. it is it, it is it is very different uh, in other places but um but that's not necessarily the fault of here totally mm-hmm. uh it, it, we're it, we're in the government shutdown right yeah. mm, like yep. right now but this town is made of government people these aren't uh these aren't artists these aren't advocates the fact that any of this happened is is wild to me the fact that I could like, like I remember when I first started hearing about like Paper House and like House was like what the fuck are you talking about and then Bob Boylan like starts taking pictures of Paper House like what the fuck is going on like yeah. this is something from my youth mm-hmm. uh, and and something that was in Richmond where you expect it and not in the nation's capital and so that sort of burned its way through I think we would all agree that a lot of that has to a large extent run its course mm-hmm. all the all the house shows. Are kind of gone. Mm. I can push back but, on that, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, there there are some, but like compared to say two years ago, certainly the ones that were getting a lot of hype, the ones that yeah, yeah. the ones that you know you would Bath see Tub on Republic, the tiny Paper desk, House. yeah, mm-hmm. um, the ones that you know had catchy names and had uh, you know somewhat big shows, maybe too big for their uh, their britches, yeah, in a way, um, yeah, that that definitely has run its course. Um, there's still some. 
and, and other spaces like Union Arts, yeah, um, that you know weren't really houses but were DIY venues that yeah. that allowed some creative stuff to happen uh, in in places that were transitional uh, are, are are wrapping up. I I am still grateful that we have Rhizome. I was going to say, yeah, strong as ever. Uh, and and Rhizome has an identity yeah. of the experimental stuff. They do some other stuff, but that that is definitely they're what, expanding. Yeah, and and I feel like that has caused that scene to develop. And well, I think I, I think with Rhizome too, because Rhizome technically is in Tacoma Park. That is true. Uh, and uh, which is it's a bunch of hippies up there. Which is all, <laughs> you know, so that's where it's going to evolve, but. Like I, I think uh sort of what I was I was getting at is that like uh there was a lot of explosion of artistic energy, but you we've seen all of it fall by the wayside and it really was time for people to step up and do the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think more so than any year that I've lived here, a lot of people did the damn thing. Mm-hmm. They went out, they made these world class albums. Uh some of them were like People's first albums, some of them like uh, like Jules from Denmate, mm-hmm. you know, working with crews that have been here, but uh, you know are you know sort of an indie and not necessarily evolving pocket, you know that we're able to link like all these parts are arranged so you got some really great music. I want to play something. This is actually my favorite of the year, uh, one of my favorites of the year. Period, whether it's DC or not. Uh, this guy Damu the Fudge Monk with uh, your guy Flex Matthews. Love that guy. Um, they made this album, Dreams and Vibrations, that uh, that plays like uh, plays like Basshead, which is originally from DC back in the in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. It plays like this this very uh, psychedelic, though not as psychedelic as somebody we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, fun De La Soul stuff, mm. really with a message, really just potent and not like fucking around trying to be popular. Yep, uh, it was mm-hmm. just like this is the shit. And you could drop this, I guarantee you, Joe, from uh, Songbird Loves This Stuff. You yep. could drop this in the mid-90s. You could drop it in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. They dropped it in 2018. Yep. Uh, this is a track every day, all day, uh, from Flex Matthews and Damage of the Flex. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That be my birthday. Uh-huh. Oh, mom, dude, was the very first face that I saw in this earth and I burst in a space. I came back just to give me a place. Uh-huh. Some good, so fool, but I ran in the hate. Hey, hey, that's what I did find. Yeah. Deep in the soul and the stole lay mine. Uh-huh. From a solo local dude that be on his grind, grind every single day. Yeah. Time after time, I walk through the city searching for that real. Something all day, yeah, you know that feel. My black girl was stuck in a maze. Yeah. To find everyone was stuck in a maze. Never run a rapper, no one getting saved. Thank God, JC brought life to my days. I need y'all to respect my streets. To respect my speed Every day, all day, I am seen Every day, all day, I just breathe I need y'all to respect my speed I need y'all to understand this me Every day, I see G-O-D Every day, all day, I just breathe I put my, I put my soul in this thing I put my, I put my, I put my soul in this thing But they don't listen, nah, nah. Well, let's go to another place instead where yeah. I can find more love to free my head. 
Matthews and Dominic the Fudge Monk, uh, I admittedly failed uh, that I wanted to get them down here so mm. badly uh, to talk about this album, and even to talk about this album. This was the, this was one of the casualties of the flood when it oh. dropped. When it dropped, yeah, and the basement flooded, and it was just we couldn't yeah. uh, we couldn't like Dupont Brass was another one. Mm. That album is, is phenomenal yeah. and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's yeah. fun yeah. and it's it's competent and it's it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's something that we. Uh, you know, if you paid attention to like Chuck Brown and Go Go, but it's not quite Go Go, mm-hmm. but it's something I don't think we've heard in DC. And to that to that point about Dupont Brass, mm-hmm. I don't know wh- why they aren't booked at a club every Friday and Saturday night. Mm. Yeah. They do private parties now, mm-hmm. but look, U Street, a bunch of bougie motherfuckers <laughs> come up and they just want to see this shit go yeah. down. They want. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I know they, they play Tropicalia a yes. lot. They do play stuff, but but man. Like that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. If you want a music scene, start there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they got their start. Dupont Brass did busking, and so yeah, they yeah. know how to please a crowd. Yeah, and how to make money doing it. So yeah, uh, with Flex Matthews, we've been a fan of, of Flex on our podcast for years. Mm-hmm. I, I love how Flex will show up on so many different bands. Like he's rapped with Justin Trawick. He's rapped with yeah. Black Masala. Yeah, he <laughs> rapped with Buster Brown and the Get Down. Like. I one night I was going to a show at Black Hat. Don't even remember who it was, but I tweeted, "Wonder if Flex Matthews will show up and do a freestyle rap with them." <laughs> and he even responded, "Is like, where are you at? Maybe I will." <laughs> so, I love it. Um, he is probably the most flexible rapper yeah. in DC, hence the name, I guess. Yeah, and uh, love. And he, he's everywhere, and he hasn't yeah. quite had that breakout. No, but like that, uh, I know they did a limited vinyl on that. It mm-hmm. sold out pretty immediately. Yep. Uh, that's that's a I mean for uh, independent artists that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Finally, cheap and uh, <laughs> and so you better hope you sell it and and they they did. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're phenomenal on the um, and I guess we're starting off with more of the hip hop side of of DC that's been going on uh, outside the the mainstream hip hop. Sir EU is a is a guy who's been getting uh, a lot of looks. Uh, he is Chris Richards' favorite, I, I think. Mm. Um, he, uh, has put out a couple albums. What, was it two years ago? The, uh, there's one that was... Chronology's hard to follow. Chronology's hard to follow, but, but this, this guy is, is plugged into the DIY scene. Uh, he is collaborative, like, flex. Yep. Uh, playing with all these people. Um, this year, though, he put out an album called African American Psycho with Tony Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a whole different crew coming up. It's his crew, but... Uh, and it was, first of all, it was, it was sort of an interesting release strategy. <laughs> the album was 30 bucks. Uh, and I just went to I check. Love it. It I is love now a name your own price download, which is very right. interesting. Right. Cool. So. We're gonna, we're, we're, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. Point. But kids, when you put your shit up there, make sure people can get it. Yeah. 
Um, especially if you're taking a risk on stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, what's I, mean, I don't disagree. Yeah, but I also love it. Oh yeah, no, I, that's, that's awesome. It, well, it's hard to love because well, it's not hard to love. It's hard to love that or show it love more specifically because, for example, something like that would have blown up on Bandcamp, mm-hmm. except for part of responsible music journalism is talking about stuff that people can get. And I think what this is going to appeal to is kids who maybe don't have the money to spend on it. Uh, And and, uh, buying a digital download for 30 bucks is a weird proposition. Yeah. You know, like if I'm getting a a vinyl with it and I get the download, that's that's a whole other thing. But just the digital files. Or if it's like a triple album or something. I don't even think that. (laughs) I think, you know, I, I think... Um, and specifically, uh, experimental in the best way, mm-hmm. digital album. I mean, I think it's very punk in the sense that it like forces you to see him live, which yeah. yes, not everybody can do if you don't live in yeah. DC, right? But it's very classic. Yeah. Like everything about Surayu is, is I think the the punkest thing happening in, in yeah, DC no, right no, now. no. So, so, um, so tell me about his live shows because I, I've only seen him played once, and as an old white dude, I was a little scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I love it. It's it's like it always goes off well, mm-hmm. and depending on the space, it won't necessarily. It won't necessarily. It'll never sound crisp, um, right. but uh, but it, it's one of those things where I mean, like punk, you don't need to hear everything the front man is saying to be right. wrapped up in in you know the moment and the fervor. Um, uh, so they're always they're always sonically a lot which I love. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of sound and reverb and, and live drums, though, which is always great. Yeah. Always brings something up a notch. Yeah, there's a um, pulse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 not it's not for everybody, but I, I think it's um I think it's one of my one of my favorite shows to see just because it's I, I saw him um play, play at the closing of Bathtub Republic. Mm. Yeah, I, and I've actually seen him twice, and I'm actually not scared of seeing him. I, I, I think I think it's great. I think it's more so live is the way to see him, like you said, uh, uh, rather than listen to on on an album. Mm-hmm. Um, especially you know this album is is great. Uh, it is. Uh, I was saying to you earlier, I don't think it's groundbreaking. I think it's good. Um, I think if uh, you're old like me, you're like, hey, everybody loves early Nine Inch Nails, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. It, it's just a weird place for it to pop up in this scene. Be like, wait a minute, you know why are we, we're doing this with hip hop now in 2018? But seeing him live, uh, one time he was sitting in with somebody, uh, and another time was the Bathtub Republic show, and he just was like thrashing around, screaming, and it it, it immediately just drew you into what was going on. Yeah, and like you said, I don't you don't need to necessarily hear everything yeah I, I do like going to the album and hearing everything since i think i've seen <laughs> him live a lot more times than i've listened to the album which i've listened to the album a fair few times but I, I think i've seen him live like five times six times this year um but yeah i do i do enjoy listening to something recorded for the intricacies but uh but you're not going to get the full picture no unless no you, you're not yeah. it's and, and maybe that's live. the point i asked chris richards like hey this is 30 bucks he's like well maybe it's just like um, he's like, hey, you know, you you have to experience it, and they're making a statement about that. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I I do get that. Yeah. I think with somebody this talented, 
uh, him and well, Tony. I was making a statement about like music and property and, and yeah, worth, sure, sure, know? sure. Which is uh, again this, something we're going to get to. Uh, but when you have somebody this talented and this uh, doing something, I think this vibrant and more importantly this important to the future of the DC scene, you need to you need to let it loose. You need to drop the barriers and make mm-hmm. sure that everybody can get in and everybody can get it, uh, or else you kind of risk it being buried. Was this on Spotify and Apple Music, or was it a Bandcamp exclusive? it was only on Bandcamp. Okay. And a Bandcamp exclusive is a move. It is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that's a thing you can do, but um, but no, and and originally I don't think it was for sale, and then it was on sound. There's a whole, like, sort of, like, history of the release, Mm -hmm. and then finally it came out, like, it's on Apple Music, uh, which is where we're going to listen to it. Uh, I'm going to drop the needle somewhere in... There's actually <laughs> track listing in the original release, but now it's one track. It's 38 minutes and 28 minutes, 28 seconds long. I'm just going to drop the needle somewhere in here, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Get me out the way. Look into the history of the Grateful Dead. A little thing called the Acid Tests. It's Ken Kesey. <laughs> this is the soundtrack for that. Mm. This is. I was asking you off mic, Lindsay. I said, "Has he done this live?" And you responded with his twenty-four hour. Like he did what? Wrapped for twenty-four hours. Yep, yep. He did a twenty-four hour performance at uh, for his twenty-fourth birthday. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, was that it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, twenty-four hour straight uh, performance. So that's 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 how he operates. I mean, yeah, he's feeling the art. Yeah, he, he yeah. is he is he is arting hard as fuck. And usually, yes. when you say yeah. that, you're like, yeah, whatever. But that's it's good. I like thinking of of Sir EU and and that crew, Tony Kill. Um, I like thinking of them as this like perfectly. It's it's harmonious, 
Um, and I don't like one more than the other, but as this foil to the the hip hop scene that you see, like you know the Gold Links and the Ciceros. Yeah, yeah. Their 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 music is great, but it is so light and bouncy, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's really going somewhere. And and uh, like I'm proud of that, and I think that's great. But I'm so glad that there's this like experimental foil to that going on. And this sounds more like DC to me. Like I I, I hear Gold Link, and I know he used everybody in fucking DC on that album, yeah. but like. Yep. But it, it never like stuck with me because it just not um, uh, we we don't see that type of thing in DC. You know, that's it's not it is it is a segment of life. Mm-hmm. We don't we it just don't see it. You don't see it in the clubs. You don't see it like, and so it just felt weird to be like, oh, so we're trying to connect to a larger rap thing, but that thing isn't actually supported here in DC mm. for the most part. But you're saying like the, the noise and the aggression and the experimentation of Suryu is something you see more in DC? That's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. And we, and we have, and, in my, uh, in my bubble. And well, <laughs> and, we, and we have people that are in like, they themselves are like 18 different bands and they're yeah. all this, they might have, I mean, which is a problem, but, but they, <laughs> but they, you know, they're 18 different bands and they're doing, uh, you know, different versions of noise rock in each different thing. And mm-hmm. that, that's a hallmark of a lot of what people are doing here and historically have done. It's, uh, um, I, I think it's kind of the correct psychological reaction to, to where we are. You know, if you're just sitting around walking dogs all day and you just need to fucking scream, but yeah. you can't scream and, and then it comes out like this. So this is, um, but this really reverberated a little harder for me than, um, than what a lot of those other people were doing this yeah. year. Um, and I want to see it. Like I want to see it when I go to Milwaukee. <laughs> I, I want it on tour. I, I I want a Chad Clark produced show of this. Like the tours with like fucking insane lights. Put Scott put the crew who did the uh, the Garden North Country show. Put mm. them behind this, and they're they're kind of connected to this. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, you know it's it's uh it's the real shit. And and I hope people heard it this year coming out of DC because I think that, that this is what's going to be. Uh, you're going to see a lot of people following this and I hope that he gets the credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he will. Yeah. I, I, Everybody, everyone's, everybody's behind him. And so I like that there's so many people behind him and yet he's still willing to like, um, uh, uh, like shirk off anything that resembles an industry expectation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what, what have you been listening to this year? Oof. A lot of stuff. Um, Really love the Beast Edwell. Yeah. I've mm. uh, been a fan of Beast Edwell for a few years now. Um, she puts a lot of emotion into her albums. Uh, she did a whole album of breakup songs. Mm-hmm. And then this year she put out a whole album of love songs. And uh, she is a queer black woman and really owns that identity a lot. Uh, her songs are about that world. Uh, and when you go to see her live shows, that world is very represented in the audience, yeah. which is which is awesome. And um, uh, seeing that show, uh, I believe the album release show for this album was at the Amp in Strathmore, in Strathmore yeah. which is kind of a strange place. Um, <laughs> but uh, she, I believe, was an artist in residence with the Strathmore, so has that connection there. And... Um, when I knew that this album was coming out, but I didn't have it yet. Yeah. And I go to see the live show and I'm hearing the songs 
and I'm wondering what I want to play on our podcast. And then this song came on. Yeah. And I said, oh, this is it. This is yeah. the song we're going to play. And this is actually, um, name of the song is Gay Sex. It is, it reminds me of a lot of, uh, I've got the CD sitting right here, uh, Mary Prankster up in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a, there's a, there's a cheekiness to yep. some people mm, in this area. Yeah. And, uh, and this gets it. This song, yep. this song is, is true and hilarious as shit. Love it. Uh, Gay Sex. Racist white dudes are not new. Racist white presidents are old news too. A burning cross in the night is as American as apple. Us, we're so strong. We fall in love while the whole world tells us we're wrong. Yeah, look at us and our hearts. We fall in love while the world tears itself apart. They will come to curse our names, try to make us feel ashamed. our names we'll just come and come again again oh let's go home and have gay sex we'll do it for the president the sons of the confederates oh they wish they had love like this so let's go home and have gay sex we'll So I think, I'm not sure, uh, my friend of 25 years, Derek Bond, mm. played on that record. I hope so. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a bass player out of Rockville. He, he's kind of a dick, but <laughs> but he's, he's a remarkable uh, musician. In fact, uh, one of the few bands I ever played in was with him. Nice. It lasted exactly like three songs. <laughs> and, and then we were done and out. But he's, he's plugged into uh, Huda. I don't know if you know her music. Yes. Uh, yeah, Huda. He, he, he helped develop all that. Uh, B. Steadwell. There's yep. another band he's mm-hmm. been playing with. Nice. Uh, there's somebody from Thievery Corporation. Okay. Uh, that he's been plugging in. Um, it, it, and it, it has shown me a secret side of DC music that, again, I don't know where I don't know where you could see this, uh, except for a big release show. But you should be seeing this. I mean, fucking put this at, at any place on the wharf. It's mm-hmm. so B. Steadwell is so. I, I think I've seen her at least twice. Um, it's so like clean and smart mm-hmm. and sharp. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. I think. I think. I. I can't tell. I think I saw an acoustic thing where it was just her yep. and the box she was sitting on. Yep. And I was like, "This is extremely engaging." Um. I. What. What I like about about this album, that song especially, is that it is. It is clean and it. It. It bops and it is. It is witty. Yep. It is. You could play that. You know, in an H and M, but it is subversive. Yeah. Which is like super smart yeah. and great. I love. A good song that sounds like one thing and is and is subliminally mm-hmm. infecting you with something else, like you know, absolutely, fuck the president. Yep, yeah. <laughs> yep. And and, yeah. and we all, and to the point that it's clean. You know, there is now with Bohemian Caverns gone, 
not so much. Um, there is just a huge treasure trove of jazz history here. Yeah. Of these players that like mm-hmm. can, I mean, that's why it's clean. Cause you know, it is the opposite of what that punk energy, mm-hmm. the, the, the scream, if you will, that yeah. people want to let go. It's like Distortion. sometimes just, you know, sometimes screaming is being precise. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to fucking knuckle down. I'm just going to play, play this <laughs> set. It's so tight. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, I, I see it in a lot of jazz bands. I see it, uh, in Mesthetics, which I am so sad that that got marketed as a Fugazi I know. Uh, yeah. side band. Even though, look, I, the, everybody in that band is great, but but Anthony Prague is considered one of the yes. world's best jazz guitarists yes. now, and that is your lead. Definitely one of the most talented people in DC. He's, yeah. he's like he's like that's your lead though. If you're but right, but again, but but this is this is the opposite of the the way the aesthetics were packaged is the opposite. That's like what Sir U is fighting. Mm-hmm. So you mm. so it's like every time I complain about something like that, I'm like that band is so much more than a Fugazi side project. At the same time, I get I get yeah I get and, why they're doing that. And counterpoint and, counterpoint to that is that's what I'm saying like. I had to swallow that real hard. Yeah. And yeah. I think Surrey U does too, because I think what happened was everybody heard Mesthetics. Yeah. Not everybody heard Surrey U. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I mean, it, you know, it, it was a remarkable project. Uh, it caused me to get so drunk at, uh, do drop in that I lost my mm-hmm. jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they I probably didn't cause me to get drunk. I did that myself, but, <laughs> but, do drop. but, uh, you know, uh, lost my jacket. Um, or if somebody there is wearing my jacket, I don't know. Um, and and they just played the show Black Cat. They they are mm-hmm. a stunning band. That album is stunning. Yeah, we played it earlier in the year, so I didn't yep. play it. Just right. fucking look it up. Yeah. Uh, but to the jazz tip a little bit uh, more, there is a a huge uh, R and B scene, regardless of what the kids want to call it. I'm not down with Moses Sumney methodology. Like we don't classify our music. You know, mm-hmm. there's a huge R and B scene. Yep. Here, uh, people like Dreamcast, okay. uh, people like uh, April and Vista, mm-hmm. who have been down here, and a band that I saw called Nu, uh, and I forget who I saw them opening for, mm. but it was, uh, there was no pretension, there was no, there was just joy. As a duo. Yep. Where, was it outside? Were you at a show? No, it was outside? a DC9. Okay. Yeah. Oh, DC9. I think I okay. plugged that show and I don't remember who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember who it was, yeah. but it was, it, it was an amazing set. Uh, they put out an album this year. I want to play a track okay, off it. So when I say I, I felt like I had removed myself unintentionally a little bit from the DC scene this year, this is, I wasn't expecting this because I love new. Yeah, I have been following right? everything they've put out, every little dribble, like <laughs> little right, crumbs, right. little crumbs. I have no idea this was a thing. Like this just came up on your screen, and I was like, "What? Oh, what? Oh, you had no idea the album the yeah. EP came out." And that's and you know, like I said, that's that's. I yeah, knew that was going to happen. Well, I'm so, I, you're in I for knew a treat. that was going to happen because and and if you've seen them, you know that it, yeah. it, it, it yeah. is a standard setup. It is part of I think the jazz history. I, I, I'm not going to say both of them go to Howard. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, uh, but the, it, it's um, there's something going on where people are taking their chops and reworking like an older style. And saying something new with it, mm-hmm. pun not intended, but uh, these guys get out and played shows. They played shows with people. I think, don't, uh, we'll, we'll look it up and see who oh, it was. Some of the, some it, of the best DC it was, shows. It, it was with somebody who was in the more DIY indie rock scene. So they plug into all this. Yeah. Uh, they're remarkable. And this is the song, guys. Countdown 
It's, I will say that that song is definitely a little darker than, than the ones it's I've heard. It's more uppity. What, um, uh. It could be in the soundtrack of Armageddon 3. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. Ooh, okay. No, I'm trying to place the song that, that she did. What is her name? That she did kind of just on her own, but she's got a real great, almost Lana Del Rey-ish song. Oh, she's like really? bemoaning, you know, like a, like a, like a, you know has been Hollywood starlet is kind of like the character she's okay. taking on. Okay. And I think unless by chance it's on this release, it's just a so far video. It's just a, um, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. What was that called? Did, Man. Did they, are, are they a product of, of so far DC? Like, uh, because, because like I said, they started popping up and now, now I actively look for them. And if I see them and if I can make it out, I try to get to the show. I might give so far credit and say, maybe that's where I saw them first. I'm not gonna say they're a product of so far. Well, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that was a few years ago. They, they, mm. they opened for like greatest DIY show I've ever been to. They opened for uh, Land Lady. Okay, yeah, at yeah. Sweet Magnolia yeah, Farms. Yeah, right. Gorgeous, right. idyllic outdoor right. show. Um, Land Lady sounds nothing like new, but cool. Cool. Okay, yeah, that's the doing, first thing I'm doing when and, I leave and, here and is the thing, listening the thing to I, this. What I love about them is that they're doing the work. Yeah. Right, and and they 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 are just out there. Here's our music, and if you like it, we're just going to yeah. keep making music. That's so important, especially if you are unsigned, if you are starting out, if you or even if you're huge, like you know they they're they seem when I saw them like super humble, mm-hmm. like and just yeah. like really into it. They um, a lot of people like to take duos like this and compare it to uh, to our friends uh, in Sylvanesso. Yeah, I think it's right. an apt comparison because I think. You can tell when people are really uh, themselves in mm-hmm. the music, whether or not you immediately lock in on that is a whole other thing. These guys, you can tell that they're themselves. There's no, there's no real artifice. It's just, it's just good. Yep. It's and, uh, you know, like I say, it feeds my like '90s disaster film soundtrack, <laughs> Jones too. So, um, and that it, that track specifically was R and B, but it's also synthy. Yeah. Yeah. Which gets us into this whole other thing that's been happening for a while. Drama pop. 
Drama pop, is that it? Is that going to be I, the thing? I just came up with that. Okay. Yeah. We, can, we can call it drama pop. Repackage your yeah. dream pop. Is, is Jules going to be okay? Is Jules going to be okay if we call her music drama pop? I get I get so much anxiety for like miss uh, genreing artists. So <laughs> let's just, I don't want to think about it. There you go. I always mean it in a good way, but I have yeah. gotten it Well, I think, I think people know that. And I yeah. think whatever it is, Denmate is... Uh, Jules, her, what's her last name? Hale. Hale. Yeah. Uh, it's been a project for a couple of years. She's gone through some, originally it was a bunch of tapes. She played solo shows, loops, and she had a band. Uh, and then the band made an album. And um, and like, this is one of those albums that I, I, I have no scope of how big it got. I know it hit in certain things. I know, mm-hmm. you know, it was big on the, if the band camp crowd. Uh, I know they got a good push. They're doing what they should do, but they're also all the people involved have been doing this for a long time. So I feel like it's it's where it should be at this point. They definitely push it hard, and I know they they do. Or I kind of assume they want it to break. Yeah, whatever that means. Um, but uh, but I think what's good about Denmate is is it, it does have this like built in internet fan base. Yeah. So um, so while it's it hasn't like you know pierced a, a pitchfork glass ceiling um it it always does have this like steady support this this horribility you know it's, yeah. they're not like a dc band that we love that that no one beyond philly has ever heard of you know they <laughs> right. they can they can tour they can do stuff it's i well i think they're playing too like a universal type of music i mean it's i mean this is what i'm talking about people leveling up i, I think yeah. i think with this compared to our other products he really plugged into the like I, i've got to make like um for lack of a better term, uh, a professional mm-hmm. record. Mm-hmm. I liked. Um, I got a lot more. Uh, I got a lot more personality out of this album. Maybe not that. Maybe yeah. just a lot more like emotional depth. Yeah. Because um, I think her music is always like extremely listenable. Um, it has that like like drama pop swagger. Yeah. You know. Um, um. But I think, but I think the songs on this album took on a lot more character and and personal depth, and so that's why I liked it for sure. And she's uh, fascinating to watch live too. Yeah, she's yeah. Got oh, a lot oh, of it's, charisma. Yeah, and uh, runs around in the crowd a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. really engaging with the audience in a, in a unique way, which is it's yeah, it's really yeah. worth seeing live. Yeah, she believes in her stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I always have more respect for Babe City because you know, as like a kind of grungy noisy rock label they yeah. are letting her go in the direction she wants it's not you know it doesn't yeah i don't think they had a choice yeah well no <laughs> I mean, they don't yeah I, I don't think you tell jules what to do and i, yeah, and yeah, I, and yeah. I, hope, I hope she knows that like that yeah you know this is this this came out of her um she uh I, I, for me this hinted at like much bigger things to come for mm. her um she just proved after a bunch of smaller releases that she's got the chops yeah uh, this is the lead-off track of the album. I think it was the single. It is short. I think so. Yeah.
Okay, somebody, and I, I say this, and people think I'm joking a lot when I say this. Somebody get that girl a CW contract stat. <laughs> Put her at the end of the mm. Flash, fucking like Arrow. Get an Apple Legends commercial. Tomorrow, Apple I, commercial. Whatever. I hate admitting the same thing. There's a, a few songs like Vice from her last yes, yeah. uh, uh, EP, Entropy. Like I'm like, this could sub in as like the, the house theme music. Get get the money, get the money, yeah, Jules. Just yeah. fucking go for it. Yeah. Because they aren't going to ask her to to, to like sacrifice anything. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the good music directors, especially on that uh, and shows like that, networks like that, because they they are they're pulling from a pool. Their budget is smaller, and so they find they have to dig harder, right? And when they do, they come out with stuff that they know is going to be a jam, and they yeah. come across they will come across stuff like this. I mean, like hey. Do you, would you like a check for $25,000? And that's when Jules should say yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because, you know, I don't have to change a thing. Yeah. And then yeah. pay for the next record and a year of rent, like whatever, man. And then she can make more great music. Yep. Sell out. Sell the fuck out, man. No, I mean, just like dabble in it. No, sell yeah. the fuck out, man. Yeah. Sell the fuck out and, and, and like hang on to yourself. Yeah. Yep. Don't go boogie nights. No. <laughs> sell out what you've already made. Right. Yeah. 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 Don't sell out your future. Sell out what no, you've done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Better put than I could have. Mister Vodra. Yep. You have liked this band forever. Yes, I love. And this I was band. asking you upstairs, so you're gonna have to explain it to me and our listeners. Talking about Black Masala. I mean, it's tuba. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tuba. My favorite tuba instrument. ensemble. My favorite instrument has got to be the tuba. Maybe accordion, but really it's tuba. I, I love I love Hot it. Hot take. Uh, so Black Masala, uh, Gypsy Brass Band, um, been around for a number of years now, um, have been through a number of iterations of, of band members, but always packing the trombone, the tuba, the trumpet. Um, and um, you got Mike on drums singing and Kristen also mm-hmm. singing. So the pair of them singing together. And... Um, yeah, they're obviously channeling uh, New Orleans brass band music. They're channeling Gogo Bordello. And yeah, they don't sound like anybody else in D.C. The, you know, that's what you were saying is where do these people fit in D.C.? Right. Because and part, they don't. Because and that's of, great. one of the things great I'm trying to do with this last D.C. music one that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, which is not to say we aren't going to report on D.C. music. We right. report on music that's good. Yeah. And whether we're in Milwaukee, Chicago, wherever. But like this just fucks my brain over trying to figure out where they fit in. I know the go-go culture, and I think that's where we landed on. Yeah. We figured out, like, you bring up that New Orleans, the second line, yep. that bounce, yep. and and, you, and it, it starts to integrate a little with the go-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, these guys uh, have been just, you know, putting out music, playing lots of fun shows. My favorite story about them, I saw them at a bar in Columbia Heights, uh, Zeba Bar. They used to play mm-hmm. there a lot, and uh, their tuba player at the time, uh, came down off the stage and knelt down in front of me and put the bell of his tuba up to my chest yeah. and played, <laughs> and it was just the best. It just was you know, all the tuba, all the bass just going right through me, and I was a fan for life. It was perfect. Yeah. Um. So the song that has captivated me is the title track from their new album, which is called Trains and Moonlight Destinies. There's a music video for the track, and of course, I am Notorious... For loving music videos. You are, in fact, the only one left in the world I, who watches music videos. I know. I grew up watching <laughs> I music videos. You, I grew up uh, videotaping them off MTV, and I still do it. 
And uh, so we did a little countdown, as I do every year, and this was uh, high up in our top five. Um, it's very David Lynchy mm-hmm. nice. in a way. It's all just style, and my, my favorite part is that there, there's a lot of syncopation in this song. The brass has a lot of rhythm, and the camera cuts from the video are perfectly in sync with the rhythm. And oh, wow. it's just you're like, maybe you notice it, maybe you don't, but it just it makes it feel so cool. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes in yes. the meantime. Yep. Put this in your ears. This yes. is Trains and Moonlight Destinies from Black Messiah. I'm getting a little bit of the punk there. Yep. I'm getting. I'm getting. I, look, I'm feeling it. If, if that's the connection, if that's go go and stuff, I, I am gonna start referring to them as Wharf Core, though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't roll your eyes, Lindsay. The, uh, I, this, I is, this is like it. That was no, supposed this is, to be a roll. The, the, that was and, a, and, and here's why I think because this brings up a very good point. This is uh, as evidenced by your testimony, Mr. Vodra. Yep. A, a crowd pleasing band. Oh yeah. Mm. And us here. And anybody that's been in this basement, we think way too much about music. <laughs> and, and we really like, and, and look, that serves a purpose. It's good that we do that because mm-hmm. often stuff needs translation that isn't quite as accessible as this. But initially, music is just for like dancing mm-hmm. or whatever, other activities. Right. But, you know, you can put this in any venue in mm. town and there's going to be a crowd there. And that's something that I think is is often lost on on DC and people really trying to be more out there creatively mm-hmm. is figuring out how to plug into that economy. Mm-hmm. It is on the venues to support that. It is. I mean, they they have to. We were joking about Pearl Street Warehouse, but they do. They are they yeah. are the new iota. Mm. There's not a lot of shows I want to see there because that's just not my scene. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like I went down there on my birthday this year because Johnny Grave was playing. Mm-hmm. I, I love seeing Johnny Grave. Oh yeah. The reason is is because he's fucking good at his job. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like he's showman. Fucking, he's excellent at yep. his job, and um, and he knows what his job is, mm-hmm. which is to get out, entertain the crowd, yeah, and not worry about the all the other shit. At right. least not like on a microphone. <laughs> and that, I mean, do you see that? I see that as separate from whatever 
you know, uh, Sir EU or even like Paper House is doing. I, I, I see it as different. And I, I think I think what has to happen for the scene to move forward is they need people need to embrace that. You're always going to have fringe people doing that. But if mm-hmm. everybody's a fringe, then nobody's the fringe. Mm. There's yeah. there's no there's very little like great stuff that has come out of any of that over years of toiling. And we're seeing that people are now leaving because they realize this is not the city for your weird esoteric project. It, you know, it <laughs> plays better somewhere else. I mean, that's a real concern. And people shouldn't feel bad about abandoning D.C. You know, you, you got to take care of your life. And you, if you're a yeah. musician, you got to go where people want to hear your music. More importantly, where people will support it. If you can play a club, if this is how you make your living, mm-hmm. if 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 you're purely making your living off music and you can play a club five nights a week, mm-hmm. maybe the same club mm. uh, in Los Angeles, New York, somewhere like that, Chicago, uh, versus you can't get a single gig yeah. in the nation's capital. There's no, sh- you got to move. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. offer more paying gigs. Offer more paying gigs. Yeah. Take chances. I mean, that, um, I, I don't and think. Gig. Um, using the word gig, not show. Yeah. You can understand the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, if you want to try out some new stuff and like, you know, uh, jump through your, your drum kit in someone's DIY basement, that's a show. Yeah. If you like, you know, want to play a venue that maybe has a private party going on in the background and make like, what, 400 bucks for like, you know, an hour oh, yeah. or two hours of work, that's a gig. Yeah. And, and yeah. the private party scene is fucking crushing it, man. If Sir you could convince people to have him play private parties, <laughs> you're talking thousands of dollars a gig. And all you got to do is just be like, Okay, I'm gonna keep it down for a little bit, man. I don't. I can't actually picture what that looks like. I can't picture but, what it looks like, but but that's the thing. I, I don't need to because all of that ends up. You know, the reality is is that if if on a purely artistic basis. Oh, when when uh, when Vice News uh, starts a new headquarters in yeah. DC and they're having a uh, opening launch yeah. party. That's <laughs> yeah. that's the Suryu gig. That is the that yeah. is the gig. Yeah. Um. But you know when. Uh, like man, that just threw me. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, is that happening? And I was like, oh shit, maybe it no, is I'm happening. Just, no, it, national landing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe oh, it'll be down there with Amazon. Yep. Um, no, it, it is like taking advantage of like every opportunity. Uh, if you want to make it your living, if you if all you care about is making the art, then that's fine too. But understanding at that point that like. Until people discover your art and really discover it in, in at scale, like that's not, you know, you're just making the art, mm-hmm. and it's not really going to benefit anybody but you. Uh, and really, it's not until after you're dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at painting. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nobody go. Nobody got rich painting. Yeah. Uh, everybody got rich like selling the shit after they were dead. Mm. Um, and it is, uh, I think, a lesson that a lot of people have learned in D.C. in the past few years. Um, and uh, finding more places like our friend Ab uh, is sort of jump-starting the R&B scene, playing yeah. like venues that most people wouldn't normally go to, but if you hear Ab stuff and you're like, well, he's playing here, I'm going to go check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you talking hmm? What are you talking about? Aaron Abernathy. Aaron Abernathy. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. assumed. I, I just wanted to maybe yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, pull but, that out for the listener. Yeah. The uh, listener probably knows. Uh, but, but, you know... It, it, it's DC has historically just been hard to find those opportunities. Yeah. And it's baffling because we've got the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
930 Club can have, I've said this many times, can have a jazz night one one Saturday every month where they bring in Duke Ellington Orchestra. <laughs> Bohemian <laughs> Caverns Jazz Orchestra? Yeah. Mm. Um, and just do that. They can afford that. Yeah. yeah. We've got the young people with money. We've got... The, that's that's yeah. especially got a lot down there. Of those. How long how long have you been here? Six and a half years. Do you remember U Street when you moved here? Yeah. Yeah, and you look at it now. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean I've been here for a long time and I remember, you know, there were a very small handful of places to go see live music, you know, in the late nineties, yeah. early aughts. So, you know, when people talk about oh, DC needs more venues, better venues. I mean, it's better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. There's more it venues is. that are coming up. Um, and and I think it's about the audiences too, that that people who have money or that don't have so much money, but people need to go out and see more live music. Yeah. Um, well, you and, need to make it attractive to them too. I mean, yeah. You need to, and uh, yeah, let's take a break from the music and talk about that WTOP article. Oh boy, that was. Uh, <laughs> did, did you read this, Lindsay? I'm gonna Google it right okay, now. So, okay, so here is the short version. Uh, there's a thing called uh, paid content, and oh, uh, maybe I did read. And this. you know, often it is not identified as such. Uh, that is unethical, but <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't stop us uh, here in the nation's capital and what should it? But at any rate, uh, there was a piece in, in WTOP. Oh. Claiming, uh, can DC become can DC America's become next the America's next music city? Yeah, no, I scrolled this and then was like, which this is, is <laughs> this is trash. Yeah, which is which is which is stuff we've heard from people, uh, talking points that require studies to do things. And and my whole thing is always like, y'all are asking too many questions. We have a lot of answers at our fingertips, mm-hmm. and you know the answer in this question is not you know talking about how great these venues are. Mm-hmm. These venues venues aren't shit if they don't book local talent. Yeah, you cannot talk. You can talk about DC as a capitalist venture, <laughs> as a capitalist city. Yeah, and it is. Mm-hmm. But until all these venues are pushing the local talent and actually engaging with them, there's nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it was just a weird take and yeah. un, not unexpected in in these latter days in DC for me <laughs> yep. to see this. I mean, because yeah, no, it's it, interesting. Yeah, that it's almost like the content of this article. Disproves it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 either it's either remarkably uninformed as to what they they needed to write about. Yeah. The thesis. Also uninformed as to what is meant by music city. Yeah. Right. Well, that's music what I mean. They're uninformed yeah. as to their thesis, or yeah. they were asked to write it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was likely the latter. Yeah. Um. And yeah, all these venues got to keep the lights on. No shame in that, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to. You can't have Dave Grohl play everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that that doesn't count. Um, you, you can't uh, th- these these bands, these artists can't be tokens. They can't be like, hey, an afterthought. Like, oh, but we support the DC music because we gave somebody a gig where they made a hundred fifty bucks opening for somebody else. Yeah, part of uh, and to your question that you asked earlier, Lindsay. Part of what makes other cities more vibrant is that people take chances. The people who run and own venues like this believe as strongly in the art as the people making. And often they are those people. Mm-hmm. And so they take chances. They go bankrupt. And and to his credit, can't believe I'm saying this, but Steve Lambert. Oh, boy. 
as much as like an apparent. I've never met the guy. He's banned me from Rock and Roll Hotel Woo. before, but I've never met him. But uh, everybody is like, either he's like not nice or they, I don't know. But at any rate, he at the right time he did more for DC bands than I think anybody that I can think of mm-hmm. that owns a venue. The mm-hmm. Red and the Black, mm-hmm. the Red mm-hmm. Palace. Rock and Roll Hotel in the early days. Rock and Roll Hotel now, mm-hmm. you know, Sean Barna, I'll get to the, <laughs> this, you know, can book a show there. Mm-hmm. And and just by calling him up and be like, I want to book a show, right. there's expectations. Right? Yeah. He has to sell tickets. Yeah. Uh, Joe Lappin, mm-hmm. our friend, has started doing that at Songbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to keep the doors open too, so you see a lot of Live Nation acts going through there. Yeah. That or I'm just getting old. I think it's probably a combination. Of, like, I, I don't <laughs> no, know. I say I think it's a fine mix because again, Songbird yeah. does get a lot of local talent in. Yeah, they do, out. and they've also been opening up their like cafe the record lounge. store side. Yeah. yeah, for just yeah, you know, yeah, and, and that was based on like uh, Elisa's like view from Portland mm-hmm. of how they did it out there, and that's what yeah. I'm talking about. You. You, yeah, you take right. chances. I remember talking about them early on. It's like shows in a record cafe. Yeah, and then I forgot about that. Yeah, but also while be, also being like being like, but, yeah, hey, we'll look. Came she, she did a thing uh, that we've talked to her about. Um, I don't know if she does it now, but where they offered up the downstairs to people who wanted to rehearse, but they said, "Here's the thing: you can only play acoustic instruments," and nobody took him up because because mm-hmm. DC is punk as fuck, and it's like, no, dude. If somebody gives you free rehearsal space, you go rehearse. Yeah. <laughs> you get an instrument, you figure out how to like like learn your craft more and make it better. On a but stage. On a stage, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Even if there's no one there. And um but yeah, that article did completely miss the point. The wharf is is a thing of contention that I've seen in DC music that I, I am I'm torn. Mm-hmm. Uh like <laughs> Union Stage is a I think it's actually could be a great venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds remarkable, um, but it's in a cave. It's, sounds it, good, looks good. It's in, it's in, in the most cave. gauche place, like in DC, that has nothing to do with DC. Yeah, and, and I and I don't know how, but if it works, that's people going down there. Maybe don't they don't know what they're going to see? Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're just like I'm here for the show. The Hamilton certainly like functions like that. Yeah. And and so mm. it's on people like that to like sort of surprise people. You get the crowd and it's just going to see that. Nine thirty club has turned into that. Yeah. People mm. don't go for I mean, well, Margot Price is playing there tonight, so probably people are going for that. <laughs> for the for most part, people buy tickets just to be like, I'm doing this on a Saturday night and mm. it could be the people in the condos there. I remember I, I, I shot ZZ Top a couple of years ago. It's a hundred and seventy dollar ticket. Mm-hmm. From halfway back, it was just a bunch of kids who were drunk as fuck who got yeah. kicked out. Oh god! But and talking and honestly, like all I heard was like, "Who are we seeing?" No, oh, that's awful. <laughs> like you just spent yeah. one hundred seventy bucks on what? Yeah, I definitely saw that at the Black Hat a fair amount, like at the Did Black you? Hat main stage of people that were like just there to talk and hang out and not really caring yeah. about who th- who they're seeing. I think that's the yeah. <laughs> I see. A there's group. a very specific thing that happens where one person is like. This band is coming. They are playing at a club on a weekend. Let me bring all my friends as if we're going to the Brixton. And so people oh. file into, you know, a venue with one person who's like super excited to see, let's say, Margot Price, you know. Yeah. And then her seven friends are around her and they're like, wait, can we dance? Are we going to dance? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, that's that's asking people to be like more conscientious consumers, I think. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, it is 
it all comes back to for me a responsibility for the club to like essentially not foster that. You know. Yeah. And it's I, hard. It's hard, but uh, all those people played money. They they, they all, paid, exactly. They paid. That's why it's hard. All they paid people, without knowing. Like that's the kind of customer weirdly you want. Like this right. blind loyalty. Right, because right. you're in the service industry. You know. Yeah. yeah. You, you want people to just come in there. They don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. As long as they write a big check at the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really understand the whole wharf, the Pearl Street warehouse, and Union Stage. I understand the anthem that it's a huge venue. Yeah. But the wharf is full of you know overpriced restaurants mm-hmm. and and you got these two venues it's very hard to get to it costs uh last time i checked 35 dollars to park there mm-hmm. maybe it's more now who knows yeah, it does. it's 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 just very difficult i'll tell you what makes me uh hopeful though but live music on h street northeast which mm-hmm. you know red in the black red palace we miss them it's been rock and roll hotel by itself for a few years now yeah, yeah. and um and dangerous pies it's got a rock and roll venues there cred sure. yeah. and um the sound is good there so i'm hopeful that a place like that comes up you know when people say it's not oh pearl street or union stage is the new iota yeah. i think dangerous pies is the new iota oh that be, that'd be that'd it's be, not seated right it's like it's like optional seating like they can take yes that is correct seating in and out yes okay. And, and, and I think that kind of thing, uh, when we started this podcast, I lived up on uh, 12th Street. Mm-hmm. First shows I shot were at uh, Red Palace, mm-hmm. shot War on Drugs, mm-hmm. Tune Yards, Whoa. Caveman, Phosphorescent. Okay. Like, who else? Okay, like, brag. Uh, huh? hey. No, keep bragging, honestly. Yeah, no. <laughs> I deserve that, yeah. This is the end, Lindsay. I got okay. to get it out. Um, you know, um, and it has always been, despite the sort of, it threatened to turn into Adams Morgan for a while, and now it's swinging back. Yeah, despite all the condos, that being down there is exciting. Exciting to the point our friends in uh, Motorcade are coming from Dallas, Texas, to play at some point, and I hope I'm still here in town. Yeah, uh, at the pie shop. Nice. They were working with the Booker at the Hamilton, and they recommended the pie shop because yep. they see it for what it is, and mm-hmm. it's like. Fuck yeah! And yeah, like we're loud. Is that okay? And they're like, I think it's okay. Do you know <laughs> what what the booking is there? Like, what's the the momentum behind that? I don't. Okay, that's. Fine. I can't. I think I know who is booking there, and I can't think of who it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they have pie. Right. And there's a lot of times that I go see a yeah. show and I have a beer, but really, I'd rather have pie. Rather have pie. My yeah. roommate Scoops works there. He brings home pie all, you like, all the time. I do live with Scoops. Oh, please yeah. give him a hug for me. I will. Yeah, it, no, scoops. it's it's a it's a crime that I haven't been there yet. Mm. Shout out Scoops nice. and all Scoops is bands. Oh yeah, saw um, a man last week. They're great. At, at, at any rate, to, to to sum up, you're not going to be in Music City by have, just having venues that charge people a fuck ton of money. No, yeah, you got to invest in the bands. Mm-hmm. That means you, the consumer. Mm-hmm. If you see a band, if it costs five bucks, go the fuck out. If you live in yeah. the city, I'm sorry, you can afford it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I, I'm done playing that. <laughs> like, I mean, like, oh, it's hard. If, you know, in, in in other cities, maybe, but not here. Yeah, that's kind of the whole ethos of what I'm about here. You know, I'm trying to uh, encourage the fans. I'm trying to encourage people to buy music and go yeah. see live music. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the key to developing it all. Um, back to the music real quick, because and this. This was sort of the end of my thesis, and we can talk about whatever. <laughs> um, bands leveling up this year, uh, one of them that really did. You know, we've seen priests in the past. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think of them is whatever you think of them. I'm not going to rehash that. <laughs> that was 2017. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but um, they definitely spawned a, a, a little movement of bands that like were like, yeah, we'll get off our ass and do some shit. Mm-hmm. I think one of them was Bad Moves. They put out a really great album. Love it. But 
uh, it stuck a little too much to the classic punk sound for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has legs, but Flasher, weirdly, was a band I have never seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know they played shows. I know they didn't play a lot of shows. No. But then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. they're fucking huge. That's right. Came out the gate. They came out the gate. Strong. And, and put out this album, Constant Image. And it was one of our favorite albums, like, site-wide of the year. Uh, and it's embarrassing that they live down the street and have not been in this basement. I don't know. Like, they live in a basement in Brooklyn. Nice. But um, the shit is tight. And it, and it, mm-hmm. it is, I think, the the evolution and the now the break point for all this indie rock, all this indie punk-infused mm-hmm. uh, stuff that people... It's the bar mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And, and I think that's okay. And I, I don't think they have to sweat. Like, I gotta carry that weight. Right. But uh, they did the thing. Uh, This is skim milk off the hill. That is, uh, that's some shit. Oh, yeah. So good. That is nuts. Uh, it's not how I expected. It's my jam this year. That's definitely. Right. Right. But tied for my look, number but, one. But, but, and this is sort of my point. You are really into noise, right? You're into stuff like Luna Honey. Yeah. Yeah, because you're especially with the Blight crew. And uh, you're wearing, yeah. I'm wearing a Luna Honey shirt peace, right now. Peace will grind you down. The, uh, it, it takes a lot for this to be my jam. <laughs> it's like, they just fucking won. Yeah. yeah, and and it was it was not where I thought any of this was going. But mm-hmm. now that we're here, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. like I guess this is what we're doing now. Yeah, this for this kind of music only shines a real light on DC for mm-hmm. the potential of what can be done. Yeah, I think they they internalized all the parts of everything going on and then fused it with just some innate. Songwriting talent, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a slightly more polished version of right things that are happening in every basement. Like yeah. this, like Flasher it, still sounds to me like they could be playing 
in like a paper house right now. Or but this black, also black sounds back room. Yeah, black hat back room. Huh. Uh, yeah. But this still also sounds like an album that like deservedly should get like a seven point nine on Pitchfork. Which yeah, did, you know? the whole album is consistent. The songs are different and yet all go together, and yeah. yet they're all really catchy in like different ways. And, and there, it's yeah. just yeah, like you could have picked that song. You could have picked pressure. You could have picked anything. Yeah, all of them. They're so good. Also, I want to give a shout out to the music video for Material. Right, right, right. It's so amazing. It I was... just heard that was a thing today. Like I was doing some uh, catch up yeah. work and like Pitchfork was like, you got to watch this. And I was about to click it and saw I was running late. Oh, yeah. That'll be your homework after this. Okay. It was it was our number one music video of the year. Okay. Over on Hometown Sounds. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so much creativity. So much fun. Right. Yeah. I, and I don't want to say anything. There was a lot of people that wrote up the video, the video and like yeah, explain yeah. the whole thing and fuck those guys watch that video <laughs> oh wait we've yes un- we've unleashed cousin oh, paul okay, God, so this is a music video spoiler free podcast yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, just music, music videos, videos make music video so, spoilers. you're about yeah. to watch the video just watch it yeah it's been out for three months paul i know i think it's good yeah <laughs> yep. we'll see Some i have haven't seen it. it i haven't i mean i know it's my okay. fault yep Okay. Didn't know so new had nobody a, had spoil it for Lindsay. nobody okay. please everybody wait for me um you know I, I I want to talk with you guys what you think like where this is all going with the futures uh because y'all are now the caretakers okay like but before that like how did we get to this <laughs> how did we get the fuck like out of all the times all you've been here all, all I've heard and stuff I like why did it take so long to do this? Because this album is is feels out of time to me, like a mm-hmm. lot of the best stuff in 2018 did. There's where people we've said down here a lot. If you just go in and make the best fucking album you can, uh, instead of trying to prove a point, and it's it is what separates the good from the great. Yeah. And in looking back, there has been a lot of good good music in DC in the 10 years that I've been here, mm-hmm. but. The amount of great has been like just such a small subset of this. <laughs> yeah. But this tells me that that and most of the music we played on this tells me that's going to change real soon. I mean, I hope I, yeah. there's there's a continuity that you can look at going back. You can go to Minor Threat. You can go to Fugazi. Mm-hmm. You can go to Discord Records. You can go to all the people that were on Discord. You can go to Ian Savonius. You can go to the makeup. Mm-hmm. You can go to Chain in the Gang. You can go to Priest. You can go to Flasher. There's a whole DNA in there. Some of it is better mm-hmm. than others. It's about the musicians and it's about the magic that they make when they come together in the right orientation. Yeah. And and you know it just is different with every album and with every grouping. And sometimes this stuff will develop into something great. And um. You know, it, I, I feel like you can't predict it. It's almost like the weather. It's like, is it going to rain? It definitely, needs you definitely, to, you know? yeah. These and, pieces, it's not even like a puzzle, but it's like, it's both luck and and right. puzzle pieces. So like, right, except on a larger scale. Yeah. Like if you're talking about bands, that's always it. It's always like, that yeah, makes, but, yeah, that's, but we're that's talking I mean. about like things. I mean, the work that Ben is doing with Blight. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the first time I had him down here, uh, mm-hmm. this is why he's one of my favorite people because he is so committed to it. He's been committed mm-hmm. to it for so long, but it, the second he saw it a little payoff, he doubled down. Yeah, yeah. And fucking yeah. Shout out real quick to Luna Honey because yes. I really think Blight is hitting a stride with Luna. They're Honey, hitting a huge and stride. I'm super excited that for was, the next year. That was one of my favorite yeah. interviews that we've done down here. Period. Mm-hmm. In almost 400 okay. episodes, they 
they are doing something so radically different from what has been done in DC. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you had them on the Millennium stage. Yes, I did. Uh, Great but show. you go see them. I saw them at Hole in the Sky. You go see yeah. them. And it's just like, it's, I don't even, I can't even describe it. It's people. a wave. It's a, it's a, but like what it a, takes is, it's a dark is, wave. It takes a magical person. It takes yeah. somebody like yeah. Ben, who is it from DC? Hasn't been in DC all that long. Right. Found his way here, like through strange, events yeah. and and settled here and he's got a huge creative drive he inspires luna honey he inspires a lot of other people and he does the hard work to yeah. organize it into a label into yeah. a scene and not a lot of people do that a lot of people are going to make their album and do their thing and yeah. that's it um and when we talk about what is going to like make dc awesome what is going to like put us on the map like one band we can claim them as a hometown band and we can be proud of it. Yeah. And that'll be like a spark and it'll go for a while. Mm -hmm. But when it's a scene like the punk scene, like what Ian Mackay did, you know, like that is what really like gives DC a reputation as not just the home of flasher, but yet the home of this scene that people want to go and visit DC to see that scene. It gives me, uh, what I like about this year is I get a lot of, um, I get a lot, a lot of hope and pride that, a lot of the big things that came out of DC are mm. seen and community driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Flasher, like I said, Flasher could play in a basement right now. Flasher comes out of this, this sister polygon, yep, yep. you know, community. Right. Um, uh, one of my favorite songs is your function. The Cicero song mm-hmm. It was like a big, um, this is a quote from pitchfork, a Sterling DMV posse cut. So it was like bringing yeah. like all these different, uh, hip hop and R and B artists to collaborate. And, um, God, like, yeah, yeah. I like being able to pull, you know, the Surrey U is like a scene in himself. He's like, yeah. you know, got this, yeah. this, this scene like developing around him. So I, that makes me. Is he just going to take over Petworth? <laughs> it's like, go to the kingdom of EU. I mean, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I'd like, it's probably too much to hope. It, it, well, I don't, but that's what I mean. I don't know if it's too or much. Just because like, his rent is high, not because he's not, uh, no, right. he's not feisty. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, we, uh, you know, as much as I disparage the uh, <laughs> the Fugazi connection and stuff, yes. like, like it is an indelible mark and it is, it's, it's just, I, it, for me, I think it, it's finally seen it resonate in people that aren't uh, straight white dudes, mm. middle class white dudes. Right. And, and seeing people really like, there is there is a scrappiness once you're here long enough. There is a tone. Mm-hmm. There is there's a way you get to be because it's not um it's a it's a it's a pressure cooker of a city, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like and a lot of things happen that uh that wouldn't happen like other places. And it hasn't been always joyful and this is joyful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This I mean and this is what I'm gonna be sad to miss because I think mm-hmm. I think the joyful shit is coming. Yeah. And I've heard people say, like, oh, this is just because of the Trump presidency. I mean, like, to be clear, we're moving in part because this sucks here. <laughs> yeah, but, that's, but that's what I love about the Flasher record is it is great, totally independent of right. of a national music right. media's expectation of D.C. musicians needing to make political crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't. We actually, like, live. And there's a little bit of that in there because you're in D.C. and it, you're smart yeah, and you're you savvy. To. You right. talk about, you know, police brutality and stuff. But. But I like that the Flasher album is so good on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so where, where does this all go now? Mm. Oh, man. If, I, if I come back in like a year, 
what's going to be going on. Mm. I, I really think that like creativity and energy and, and the party will find a way somehow. And I think it ebbs and flows. And if we are in an ebb now, I think it will find a way to flow again. Yeah. Um, people will find a warehouse to turn into a venue and then that neighborhood will blow up well, and, you know, I mean, there will be cool stuff happening in DC and it won't be probably what we're used to. It'll probably be something totally new. And I think it's exciting because no one can predict it. Will somebody step up and like create that space? Yes. Somebody you think, will. You think? I do think somebody, I mean, people are going to try and some people are going to fail and some people are going to succeed. Um, and it's okay. Uh, I'm not I mean, sure if I agree with you, but I think about it constantly. I think about <laughs> yeah. who it could be. I think about like yeah. who's the right person to just and, win the lottery and and yeah, and, and buy and, a huge house. And I'm talking about specifically know. money. I'm not talking about yeah. somebody like yeah, to no, leave the I think about it as money too. We're like, past that. Yeah, yeah. Someone's like, "What would you do if you won the lottery?" I'm like, "I would buy a tiny apartment building somewhere in DC and I'd convert it into." The copycat. So you're yeah. moving to Milwaukee where you can <laughs> no. do that? <laughs> yeah. But I don't but I don't love anyone in Milwaukee. That's true. I love That's people true. in DC. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. I hate that it's here, but it's where these people are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean these things come and go and also DC is weird because, you know, we have a river and people don't want to cross it to go to Virginia. We have another river and to... people don't want to cross <laughs> it to go that direction. You know, and, and I think that Eventually, everything's going to become so expensive that there, you know, you're going to have to go over there to find a cool space to do yeah. cool stuff in. Yeah, you ever and, heard? You guys ever heard of Williamsburg? <laughs> it's across a river. Well, Hyattsville, for example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's where Pyramid Atlantic Atlantic is. And then yeah. I remember for a year, people were like, yeah, "Fuck that, that's on DC." But then you get a look at it, and you're like, "Oh shit, mm -hmm. I have a car." Yeah. It takes me 15 minutes to get out there, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I have this like bitchin' ass rehearsal space. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean the, the the spread of DC is destroying everything. Yeah, but there are fringes like that that still exist. I I would recommend nobody go into Virginia. And Paul, you should move, but <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there. Galaxy Hut for life. Okay. Well, no, we, we for actually me, need it to was get like wherever Amazon landed, the art yeah. scene was going to go in the opposite direction. And I was just yes. begging for it to land. I knew it was going to be DMV, begging for it to land in Virginia so that I could keep my plan of moving steadily north. Yeah. From I, like I, I, Shaw to I Mount Pleasant to I would recommend you rent out this to, house, to but our landlords are assholes, so don't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> word is out about your place, dude. Yeah, word is out. <laughs> word is out. <laughs> Notice we have no baseboards. <laughs> I know. Oh man, That's terrible! But yeah, I, I mean, I mean. So where do you, where do you see it going, Lindsay? Do you, I mean, do you see it, this building like just on what we've done already, or is it is it gonna splinter into something completely new? I don't know. It feels like it feels like feels like the seesaw is like just level, mm -hmm. and there's so many factors. Like there's a lot of good talent right now, but there's also a lot of of cost. Mm -hmm. it's it's still not like i said there's still so many things fighting it being a music city whether it's you know the government or, or the rent um or a lack of institutions so i i mean i could see i could see a lot of institutions coming forward to support the arts but not 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 the arts i love like not yeah, yeah. you know the luna honeys or the or the brendas or the surreus um so i could see it becoming some kind of sustainable music city but in my head, I see that Music City is not like 
the music I love in DC. Yeah. I, I, I don't okay, quite though. have a vision of like how the stuff I love right now is sustainable. Mm-hmm. Right. I my my opinion is that I think it's sustainable because it, it, people always make it the barrier to entry to making it is very low. Yeah. Um. And and that that's fine. But you know, I I, think, I, I just say open more, open more house venues and basements. Nothing else. <laughs> you, you think? I think that's yeah. I mean, I think there's not enough or the the kind of like middle ground venue, the, not, not, the union arts. Union arts. I think Rhizome. those things. Rhizome. Yeah. I, I more of those middle ground venues that people will come out to to see something new. People are still like if you've never been to a house show, you're still scared to walk into someone's house. Like I get it, you know. But if you have a place like Union right. Arts that's like, ooh, warehouse space by yeah. the Ivy City thing, like perfect. I we need those that, spaces. That is good. I, I, those to me are like the most important incubators. I, I think with house shows is tricky, uh, and I and I forget. It might have been like two years ago when I started feeling this way, where it was, um, if I I look a certain way, and that that way is old. <laughs> and, and and if I if I walk into uh, a house show, like if I walk into Paper House, Alex is there, and he's like, "Hey, bro!" But there's also like 50 other people that are like, "What the fuck? You called the narc?" And <laughs> you know, and and you know, going to see any art isn't necessarily worth it to me to do that. It's certainly not going to be worth it to a casual consumer. But I think think the if if people can figure out a way to recreate that vibe, because it is a vibe and it's an important vibe. Yeah, it's a training ground for bands who would. Some bands, it's so fucking hard to get in front of people and do shit. And but if you can do it in front of you, know, like all your friends are there. Yeah. And they didn't pay to get in. Like, yeah, yeah. Training like, that, that, That's a, that's important incubation time. Um, it, you can figure out how to create a space that is similar to that. Uh, again, the Songbird. I think when they are hitting, that's what that is. Yeah. And it's I and agree. it's great. And I know uh, our friend like don't like the sound or whatever. I'm like that's. Often, like you yeah. said, that's sorry you. That's not. That's not how most people experience it. You know, most people are there. They're concentrating on their beer, mm. concentrating on their dude or lady, and whether or not you know what's going to happen tonight, and they, or maybe finding a new one, or maybe finding a new one, and 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 they like a few of your songs, and they're there to see you. And 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 when somebody like Joe takes a chance and puts somebody like Sean Barnett in front of you, mm-hmm. like you got lucky. He's one of my best friends, and he is. Uh, he got burned out by this political season, but he also made one of the best albums of this year, and certainly the best album of his career. He is the Freddie Mercury DC deserves, <laughs> um, and yeah. uh, and he has retreated to New York. But I feel like he might be back. He'll always be back, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll say that for sure. Because because he he learned the lesson. Like, yeah, I gotta I gotta figure out how to. Support support myself doing this and if i do then i get he got lucky he got friend of i mean like, this doesn't happen to everybody his story right. does not yeah. happen to everybody no but he he got connected and it didn't translate into like he's a superstar but right. he, he did make the art that changed yeah. his it life connected to uh, it, it resulted in a really good product yeah and momentum for the next thing he's got coming out like he 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 seems to go through some phases where he's like you know within his own head down and out. Yeah, he's a whiny you know. bitch. Hey, I wasn't <laughs> gonna say it that way. Um, but, but but then sometimes like he'll be like I just I just wrote the song or I just had this session or he'll be like so pumped about what he's right. got coming up 
And generally, he'll get like really down on what he's about to come out with or what he just came out with. Yeah. But I do appreciate that he's always like fired up about the thing he either just recorded. Yeah. Or just wrote. So. And I, and I think a lot. My point is, I think a lot of that came from his time here in D.C. Yeah. His his particular way of fighting. The record was sissy. The record was sissy, yeah. His particular way of fighting is scrappy like the people are, even though he fucking hates food. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, he he doesn't, he actually probably doesn't even know it. Like, I guess I could play him waiting room and he might be like, I don't know what that is. Mm. But, but he, he perfectly encapsulated the, the, the productive angst that I think all of us have Mm. here. Mm. And, um, I, I hope to see him on, bigger stages but also here more. Yeah. And and uh and I think uh in my time that's one of the best things I've seen is him navigate this, make friends, make friends with you, uh play with people and and just really find himself. So basically what we're talking about is a Sean Barna uh universe. <laughs> where he, he is the omnipotence. Yeah. No. I feel like I feel like I'm fighting for the soul of DC as much as I'm fighting for the soul of Sean Barnett well, day to day. Well, you you are, and, that, and that's why I was asking you know, like what you want to see going forward. There are, there have been a lot of people uh, in my time here doing stuff. You are one of the not only the better at it. You're easily one of the most enthusiastic. Like you, you get your hands dirty. You're in it. I appreciate that having feeling like I took a year off. Yeah, I didn't. Sometimes but like, you got to. Yeah, yeah. No, sometimes and, and and bands, we're not here for you. Yeah, <laughs> like I want to make that clear. We're here because we like the, music. Criticism is two things. One mm-hmm. is it is uh, appreciating music that you you have to do something about it, other than just like listen to it really hard. It's also self serving because you like to like talk about stuff. And it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've talked about shit for 400 episodes because it makes me feel good to talk about music. It makes me feel good to talk to people like you yeah. and this stuff. And that is one of the biggest things I want to see happen in D.C. None of these factions, none of these like beefs, <laughs> people putting people on blast. Yep. Just fucking understand it's an ecosystem. None of you can do any of it without the other people. Mm-hmm. Nobody's nobody's making that hit except Flasher. Mm-hmm. And now Flasher doesn't need anybody. (laughs) (laughs) They've got millions of people now. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so, I don't know, I guess we're done. Yeah. (laughs) Always uncertain, but Mm -hmm. optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, cool, guys. Thanks for, uh. Thanks for being a part of this. Thank right you, on, Kevin. Thanks for 400 episodes, for dude. doing this. <laughs> yeah. 400. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll give you the landlord's name, Lindsay. Okay. <laughs> so, so you can write it down and avoid it. So you can put a canoe down here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, quick break and finish the Huge thanks again to Lindsay and Paul for coming on, not just hanging out down here and, and doing this episode, but uh, really just you know being out there 
doing the good work, all the conversations we've had, uh, whether here at a house show, uh, you know, Black Cat Backroom, which just closed. Lindsay was heading there right after that for the final night. Uh, you know, this town is populated with an ungodly amount of music nerds. I don't think we could have done this site, started this site anywhere else in the world. Um, and, uh, and it's because of these people. So, um, you know, I said it up front, but, you know, thank you to all the DC artists who came through here. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys are saving the world in your own, own little way, including Sean Barnard, who you just heard there, Danger Baby, off of Sissy, uh, one of my favorite albums of the year. It's just one of my favorite songs. He even got a straight motherfuckers line in there, which is phenomenal at any rate. Uh, that is it for our DC coverage for Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Sure, we'll be covering some uh, some DC artists down the road, but never again from here. Uh, at least, not on the podcast. Mauricio is going to be out there with an army, a literal army of photographers. You can find his work at www.chunkyglasses.com. Uh, going to shift the focus a little to live coverage on that until we get up and running in Milwaukee. I, uh, you know, if you like what you heard here, you can always subscribe to us on Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Play, Spotify. Listen to us on Pippa. That's our podcast host provider. Uh, but I will tell you that there's not going to be many more of these uh, in the short term. You, know, you just listen to this. Uh, we have one coming up tomorrow. Ed and Casey and I finally get to talk about Steely Dan. And then episode 400. And then I'm going to pack up this joint and pack up the rest of our stuff and we're going to leave and that's going to be that so thank you guys for listening tune in in the next few days for the final now final two episodes of Chunky Glass of the Podcast uh, as always be good to your ears but be better to your people we'll talk to you soon Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>